3: Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio.
0: What up, QLS listeners and viewers? I see you. Actually, I don't. But anyway, we are back with part two of Questlove Supreme's episode with DJ Drama. Now, don't forget, this was filmed on location in Atlanta, Georgia, and we recorded this episode in Ti Studio, which is really a dope spot. So make sure you've watched or listened to part one. That's where Drama, you know, my homie from CAU, talks about his Philly upbringing, his respect for Questlove and the Roots, and making critical inroads with T.I. and Jeezy, and finding his tribe in Atlanta. All right, y'all, let's get ready. Here we go with part two.
3: As a mixtape DJ, you're locking it down. But as far as now when you're DJing in clubs, if I'm hiring you to DJ a party in eh, 2006 Mm -hmm. 2007 how long like how long is your set and are you doing just exclusive stuff that is exclusive to you or are you still just like doing regular DJ stuff and
4: so really what wound up happening was around that time I actually wasn't doing a lot of gigs because I then became DJ drama and I went literally from getting paid $300 from doing parties in Atlanta to them not being able to afford me. Mm. And then I was also Tips DJ, so I was on the road. So I didn't really, I wasn't doing a lot of my own gigs. I would, I would here and there, I would, I would get hired. But I would probably do like a two-hour set and I would, you know. But this is a, still a time when like, so I guess Serato was already out. Right. So I would do, like, big gigs. Like, I remember when Vibe had, like, the Vibe something down here and Outkast perform. Like, they would book me for that or, like, BT would book me. And, you know, I was just – I was playing, like, I would mix it up. I mean, I would do what was hot, but I would also, you know, kind of play some Gangster Grill shit.
3: So So are you a business in terms of, like, now you have a manager and an agent and – um, a staff,
4: yeah, a office space like definitely. We had a, Walker Street was our was, was our was our our office. Shout to Janice. <laughs> Shout to Janice. Janice worked for us. Um, we had I had uh Jason Brown was was handling all the distribution. Orlando McGee was my first manager, and yeah, because then I got you know the opportunity to get an album there. I mean, I literally met with every label at one point as far as like their interest in signing me as a DJ to do a Gangsta Girls album you know and based upon my loyalty and I hadn't known the building I signed to Grand Hustle Atlantic but but yeah I definitely had staff and a, a manager and you know we the whole nine so with
3: dedication like how did that come to
4: I was on the I was on the bus with Tip we were on the Urban Legend tour he was on the phone with Wayne um, I heard him talking to Wayne, and I was like, yo, let me holler at him. So I remember being on my bunk, and I just got on the phone with him, and I was like, what's up? And I was like, you know. And at that time, Wayne was was doing his squad up mixtape yeah, thing. Yeah. So I was using a lot of those songs on Gangsta Grill, so I knew he was kind of in his mixtape bag. And I was like, yo, you know, it's, we we got to get one. And he was like, yeah. you know," I mean, he was already familiar with me. And I remember coming off tour for a time, And I went to Stankonia and met with Wayne and Tez. And we just kind of like went over. I brought on a bunch of instrumentals, just options of things to rap on and things of that nature. And I I literally just came up with the name Dedication, just like, let's call it Dedication. And he was like, all right, cool. (laughs) And Rob Petrozo, who used to do all my artwork, came up with the cover, which was, you know, legendary. Right. And, you know, because by that point, Gangsta Grills was... A brand, like, you know, when I was moving them throughout the southeast or up north or what have you, people were already like, okay, if it's a Gangsta Grills, like, we we need it. We want it. And the Wayne tape, you know, I remember when he sent me the music and listening, and I was like, yo, this shit is different. This is not the wobbly wobbledy dropping mm-hmm. like his hot kid. Right. Like, he's, he's like on he some up. shit. Like, yeah. some real bars on here. And... You know, when we I did the tape and I kinda I had known like, yeah, this this is this is a moment, you know what I'm saying? And then it really turned into a moment. And so it was like it was like back to back for me, because I had just did Trap or Die and then Dedication happened and it was like Wayne was on fire from, you know, Carter to dedication to, you know, coming into his own. And so here I am, again, this kid from Philly who went to school and Atlanta, who's now the king of the mixtapes with Tip, Jeezy, and Wayne, or like who are the hottest guys, not only in the South, but now in hip hop. And it was like, I'm in the mix. Like, I'm the platform for, you know, what's, what's, what's getting these niggas hot.
3: In your mind, and this is before, you know, the feds and the Rico stuff, but like in your mind, what was the end game? Are you, like, wow, Great question. let me start, like, when do you, do you're like, hey, I need to be puffy, or I need to start my label, or I need, like, because in your mind, you're like, whoa, I was just in college, you know, Facts. seven years ago, right. and now, mm-hmm. like, I determine what the future
4: is. You know what it really was? When I, when I first got hot or got popular or became that guy, the only thing that I told myself is, yo. Okay, you got here like from '92 to '05. Like there was a lot of legwork to get here. Right, you gotta stay here, drum. Like I didn't know how or what it was gonna be, but I just told myself, like, yo, like you gotta stay relevant, like somehow, some way. And it, it it happened in a lot of forms. I mean, my brother over here, on, like. <laughs> when At the time when Gangsta Grills was known for trap music and Southern hip hop to an extent, you know, at the same time, like they their performing, it was at Apache Cafe or Yin Yang Cafe. It probably they, is Apache. It, it was, was Apache. And they, little brother, had a show, and the bus was outside of the venue. And I came on the bus and we sat down. And I, for, I told them like, yo, I'm a huge fan. I have been for some time, and then you know, they told me the same in return. Right. And they were like, "What do you think about doing a Gangster Grills?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> what are we waiting on?" But yeah. around the same time, I was getting pushback from various people like, "Wait, you're gonna do a tape with who? Little Brother and Pharrell? Like, that's not Gangster Grills." Like how does that make sense and you know i've always looked at myself like john singleton and martin scorsese right. like i make i can make boys in the hood but then i can go and make poetic justice and i can make higher learning and i can make mm-hmm. baby boys so that was how i approached it so that the the fact that people were like pushing against this is not a platform for little brother was like so like Making you want to it. Put a battery in my yeah. back. Like, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not only like, what are y'all saying? My shit's not. And I say on the tape. He like, say, yeah. You thought my shit, shit wasn't, wasn't going to sound, sound good on, good on this? this?
5: <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And that was our mentality going into it too. Like because I mean, hence you know, the name. Yes. Separate but equal. It's, yes. it's so Damn, iconic in so many ways. Shit. Like
3: How are you talking Wayne into, because, you know, to be honest, it's, it was kind of perplexing that. He chose that beat. Really?
5: He chose that beat. You didn't even know I was going to ask you first. He chose that beat. All right. Wayne chose. And that just Which shows that uh Wayne rhymed over Wayne, loving it. Wayne, well, no, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about it? star. He rhymed over loving it, yeah.
3: Well, yeah. Loving like hey yeah, he rhymed over, yeah. He rhymed over star, and I'm like, God damn, like he he's killing our
0: shit more than our, damn. our shit. I was so anti-Wayne <laughs> back then, I ain't hear none of it. It's <laughs> crazy. You missed dedication? I was I was on the radio, I was very anti all these things, and that's wow. what I was known for. So me... But I heard that little brother Joe though, that was dope. <laughs> I, <you> know, <laughs> I was just like you, but you listened to the little brother yeah I did. Tape. You know I did. not
4: <laughs> that. But you was front on, so you wasn't a gangster girl. Oh, yeah, she's one Don't. of them ones. Like, when are you going to do another automatic relaxation? <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: But so what?
4: Like, Because that's in you do. Yeah,
3: exactly.
0: Cinque. Yeah.
3: yeah, exactly. Like, But I'm saying, like. Like, the Pharrell. In my mind, the, I was like, did you. I was like, man, maybe he held Wayne to gunpoint. Like, you better rhyme over this Philly track. Or else like I'm not going to. Like. Nah, he was. He was just. He's he, from no, the vlog. Wayne he was just is a head, a, a man. Big giant, yes, Wayne is a head. Fucking
4: hip hop head. Yeah, you know, and and it, and it, for me, it was my like, again, also coming from making automatic relaxations or coming from wanting to do this because of y'all. Like when little brother approached me and when Pharrell approached me, it was so exciting for me because. It was, one, it was an opportunity to branch out, and then, two, it was an opportunity to, like, feel like I was giving back to my roots, no pun intended. Right. But, like, like what? Like, I could make a little brother gangster Grills, a Pharrell gangster Grills? Like, oh, man, once I open this door, that just opens the floodgates
5: for, you know, for it to go in so many directions. And for us doing that, when we did separate with Equal, like, because my whole thing was, like, I... I hated mixed I well, I love listening to mixtapes, but I didn't want to make a mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Like my thing was if I'm gonna take time to write these original rhymes, I'm not putting them shits over somebody else's tracks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I can take them new rhymes, I can put over a new beat. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? that's a new jam. And I'm loved it. I love that our tape was like that. Yeah, we only rhymed over like maybe one instrument. The rest of that shit was all original joints. Can and we so- can we
4: discuss the the no drama version though? Like you know I've had a
5: I'm, yeah, I, you saw it. Yeah, well, the talk. yeah, but yeah. So I mean, now that I have you what's here, what I on? What I miss? We did a, um, we, did a um, we did a, um, we did a, um, we did the tape, and that was in like, we did Serpent That oh, was six. like six. '06. Oh, it was '06. Six. Six. Yeah. So maybe like what, like shit, two years later, like we did, uh, a, we called drama a drama free version because uh, at ouch. the time when we were, <laughs> <laughs> ouch, oh, time,
4: I just
0: caught that. I was yeah, like, oh, it was <laughs> a
5: drama free version because we had the mixtape, but like all your drops on and stuff. But then if 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 I'm not if I remember this correctly, I think who we were putting it out, we were putting the project out with, they just didn't want Yeah. I mean they, they was just a wanted it straight up. With, you yeah, know what I mean? Because like, retail like, wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't put it in, like you couldn't get in certain stores. Like they felt like it was it a mixtape. Mix exactly. Yeah, so so we was just like, All right, well here's the records. And they was original records and they was our fucking records. So yeah. you know what I mean? It no, I mean like, I, I I
4: get it. I mean the fact that it was called drama free was definitely kinda made me sad, but
5: Oh man. And it wasn't no like that wasn't a shot at you. Nah. It was just like it was just like
0: okay.
4: drama free. Like, yeah, no, like there's, there's no, no DJ drama on here. Like, it's yeah. kind of catchy though. I ain't mad a at shot. it. <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: it's catchy as a motherfucker. <laughs> no, it's shady. No, nah, I'm just playing before man. the word nah. shady Listen, was I, out. I got it. I
4: mean, they're not the you know you, they're not the first person to do a version of the tape without me. I mean, Crenshaw exists on on streaming platforms without oh, me wow, on there. That wow, one hurts wow. too. Like you know, like Damn, that, that was I was part of I was part of Crenshaw.
3: Aren't you the, the the spice in the?
1: I'm the, the bells and the, the
4: whistles. Yeah, like,
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: like that. That was the thing about G. That was one. I mean, hence why, because when I did the tape with Jeezy, like the music didn't exist without me on it. So all the DJs had to play the versions with me on it, and he didn't give it out without me on it. So you would go to the club and hear Gangsta Grills
3: all over because the music didn't exist without me on it.
0: Sounds like a do-over. Wow. Sounds like a. I don't know.
3: It's like almost hearing a, a Dilla joint without the the siren and the Dilla Dilla beats beats. Yeah, like he thought he was fucking his shit up. Like nobody will rhyme over this shit. And to nah, me, that's, that made it better. I mean, right.
4: yeah, I mean, you know, I I like. To me, it would hurt, like, I've never listened to the separate but equal drama-free version. Like, I don't even, it would hurt my soul to even I mean, hear yo, it. To be honest,
5: yo, this I think the separate but equal drama-free version, so, and it's crazy, I thought it was me and you have never <laughs> talked about none of this shit. So, man, when we did that, uh, we did that record, and I always just want to thank you, man, because I sent you those records, like, when uh, our manager at the time, Doe, me and had finished everything and i just put the records in a sequence i put all the songs in the sequence skits like everything and i was like i think this worked but whatever i'm sure drama do his thing he'll change it up whatever mm-hmm. i trust him mm-hmm. and so when they sent it back we were on tour and doe was like yo dram just sent the joint and i was like all right cool and i opened it up because this is you know mp3s so yep. you will open it and see the track listing first before yep. you load the shit up mm-hmm. And you kept the track listening the exact same way I did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, that was just a big honor well, when I listened me. You well, know I mean?
4: when I listened to it and I heard it, and then I heard it in the way that the, the skits were and everything. Like, I'm not, like, you know, I know part of my job is, you know, there's people that want me to put it in an order or, or however to do my thing, but I'm not going to mess with something that's already dope. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was already, like, okay, I—, I here's my bells and my whistles, but if this shit flows the way it flows, like, why, why change perfection, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Thank you so much. No, that, I that always tape, appreciated like, that, man. Bro, like, I mean, you like, the Little Brother and the Pharrell tape, like, uh, came out at the time, and it came out literally, like, back to back, and those tapes were are so important to me because, again, like, you know, from where I come from, from the cloth that I come from, and for what I was being known for at the time, and not that I was fighting against it but it was like yo like i want to show the world like i am hip-hop like Mm -hmm. to its full like i am from the cloth you know what i mean and to be able to do those two projects were like nah it it, it, that right no we both had a point to prove because you had you
5: we both had a point to fucking prove because for you you know you said it was proving like we're from that cloth for us at that time you know we were coming off the minstrel show and it was just like ah them niggas they just some backpack hate niggas and it was like no we fucking rap you know what I mean and it was just like look it don't matter if it's trap shit whatever like and just you be dope you know what I
4: mean so it was like even that in, in that sense of what people were looking at was southern hip hop mm. and then you know us doing that tape and separate but equal like as a title and y'all being from the south like it all it all just made it was it was great it nah. was a great moment
5: nah it really was man and I that was just I'm so thankful that you know our paths like crossing the way
3: Me it did too. that
5: shit was amazing amazing I know that
3: you rehash the story over and over and over and over and over again. So I'm trying not to Hmm. beat an, uh, an already dead horse that you moved past. I mean, the question is basically like in 2007, I'm trying to figure out how an industry that utilizes you to break open their artists. Like, and again, I'm a, Staunch East Coast Head, you know, right. Tariq himself mm-hmm. listening to nothing but your your mixtapes. Mm-hmm. So this is how I'm learning about Wayne. Like, this is how I'm getting my my education mm-hmm. on what I need to learn about the rest of America and yep. step my, my niche. And I'm trying to, like, and I understand that there was a period between 2003 and 2008, especially, like, with record labels not knowing like if they're going to survive now the streaming culture like you know we mm-hmm. already had the Napster yeah like Napster yeah, yeah. yeah like around yeah. two thousand three whatever yeah, like yep. that shit starts but I'm trying to figure out how like like you were definitely utilized 100 and used right by the labels to to break open people. Mm-hmm. Like so, just in general, and not like from a one to ten. How shocked were you when you came home and like, wait, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, did you t- did you have an inkling of a clue? Like none. Or even twel- even a when a the shit was selling like hotcakes, twelve. Even ah, when the shit was selling like hotcakes, was there any person that was sort of like, have you ever received pushback from anyone that like you rhymed an instrumental over and like, Jay's mm-hmm. like,
5: hey, why'd you use fronting or mm-hmm. why? Never it wasn't on the artist like that was a badge of honor to have someone yeah. like rap over you it wasn't that
4: so i mean we there's a there's a there's a lot to unpack here and right. I, again i know i've told the story one part about it is first off it shows the disconnect within the labels right so as much as the marketing departments loved me or the mix show departments or you know the promotion department how much i meant to them the legal department of a label didn't understand. They have a clue. They don't. They don't get it. Like what? Wait, what? Like that? That's not cleared. Like we're not. You know. W- wait, hold on. So there. You know. I was friends with the promotions and the marketing side, but you know, yeah, the legal department didn't. It didn't make sense to them. Why are we giving this free music out? And then, this is also a time where, outside of my mixtapes, there were hundreds of other mixtapes. That weren't sanctioned, that people were, you know, however, getting MP3s, hacking, for whatever way they were getting them, music was coming out that people didn't give permission for. And then, on top of that, around this time, these mixtapes, Mines and others, started to show up in Best Buys and in Targets. And in Walmart's with barcodes on Where them. By,
5: and that yes. That
4: so in that you know, <laughs> and, and that made it confusing. And I and I just spoke about this on Math Hoffa because they brought up you know after I got raided, Wayne one of the people they asked about what do you think about what happened to Drum was Wayne, and Wayne said play the game fair. Drum needs to play be Drom needs to play the game fair, or smarter like Clue or Khaled or. Something of that. And but is it the same? Yeah. I mean, the reason why I never took offense to it is because, you know, when these – when these, because there's all there was a, a street code that went along with mixtapes for promotional use only, yeah, right? Sure. Everybody knew that we were making money, and, you know, that's how I was supporting myself. But when they started – when the mixtapes started to show up in the stores with barcodes – as an artist, I could understand how one could feel a yeah. type of way it
5: ain't promotional. Use yeah, because no they're
4: more. like, wait, hold on. Why is this? Why is my shit in Target with a barcode and I'm not seeing a dollar from it?
0: Because they're okay not seeing a dollar if you're just selling it the way you're selling it, like from
4: to an extent. I mean, again, now looking uh, looking back on it, if at 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 the wise age of 44 that I am now, in in my 20s, the type of money that I was making, and I would, you know, I would have easily thrown someone a. Twenty-five or fifty. If I'm making X amount of dollars, like just a, as a quick thank you, it would have, it would have been a nice gesture. Like, yeah. but it, you know, on the yeah. on the other end, these guys are going and doing shows for one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand yeah. dollars off, of, off
5: what of what we have yeah. built
4: together. So you know, okay. I don't count anyone's pockets, nor did I feel like anyone should and, count mine. And to mine. be
5: fair, and just, I mean, again, we've just talked about it now, mm-hmm. but you know, I never felt. You know, me and I can speak, you know, from my brother Pooh as well. For us, it was never that. Like we... Did ours
4: show up with a barcode?
5: No, it didn't. I was gonna show up on a barcode. I remember like watching it on the news. And seeing, like, when they was taking, like, the CDs. shit out. Oh, they... And they separate... Separate equals equals was up, there. Bro, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs>
3: yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> you saw I your joint on
5: the news? yeah, you see yeah. the goddamn police carrying your shit outside? No <laughs> I don't what?
4: remember that. Yeah, y'all was there.
5: <laughs> bro. that shit was nuts. So, but yeah, but for us, like you said, it was just a code of honor. It was just understood. It's like, okay... We do the take, you know. Drum, he gonna move it on our end. Yeah, we'll do whatever on our end. We'll do press it shows, whatever. Right. Like it was just, you yeah. know, what I mean, it was a mutually beneficial thing.
4: And it was like that for most people, but yeah, I think all those things came into play. I think the fact that you know, two, thousand seven was a very pivotal year for the music business, where you know it was a transition, and you know the the the, the bottom line wasn't wasn't adding up for them. And there's there's many theories or conspiracy theories or, you know, let's take the big guy out to shut this down. However, you know, hence, I don't, you know, I do know that for a fact that people were told, artists were told like, yo, if when, the, when drama situation comes up, don't speak on it, like, leave that alone, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, nobody necessarily, people used to ask me in interviews, like, did you feel a type of way when nobody spoke up for you, and I was like, honestly, n- not really, like, you know, like, there were a couple people behind the scenes I talked to, you know, just that, that, that reached
5: out or what have yeah, you, and but, then, uh, uh, yeah, well, us, when you got, when, when it happened for us specifically, so, yeah, that was like, oh, six, oh, seven, six oh7. We did the and justice for all. Was it 07 wait We did we, the I, it, was for January, it was January. It was January 07 when my shit happened. Okay, it was January 7th. So I think maybe is the next year, maybe it was 08 or later that year anyway. We did um, Mick Boogie Tape. Uh, and justice for all. I remember and, that. Yeah, and I hit. Uh, I was telling me. I so said, so y'all did that
4: before the raid or after the raid? That was after
5: the raid. Got you. That was after the raid. Okay. Because I was telling Mick, I was like, yo, bro, like we got to get drum speaking on this, because the first mm. record on that tape was Can't Stop. It was a record called Can't Stop. Is where mm. we was talking about that shit, mm. and it was just like I said, nah, bro, like we got to get drum talking, because they not, mm. they not gonna, we not letting them shut this shit down. Yeah. Like fuck y'all.
4: Amir, I felt the type of way, like I, I felt a lot of guilt at the time, because I'm like, damn, like. This is a culture like I grew up loving, you know what I'm saying? Like and I can't let this shit die on my shoulders. Like like damn. You like, felt
3: like you killed the mixtape game?
4: For a moment. Well, for a moment, metaphorically and like, literally. Like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like I felt like, damn, the downfall of the fucking mixtape game is gonna happen when I become the top of the food chain and like, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time like, you know, I still went and put tapes out right after that and
3: How uh, long was it until you Look both ways where you cross the street and like. Okay. Oh, I put a
4: tape out like a month to after. Like I did like Gangsta Grills sixteen and and was just talking crazy on there like, <laughs> you know. And I I remember the first big the 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 first big mixtape that I probably did was Dedication three, and then I remember you know that was after you know. Wayne had went and said, like, fuck mixtape DJs or fuck DJs or something. And then he called in my radio show, and we cleared that up. And then, you know, we went on to do Dedication 3. But, yeah, I mean, again, I was like, you know, I had a point to prove, like, yo, I'm I'm not first you know, and then it, Atlantic Records called literally the next day, like, Oh my god, how fast can we get your album done? Like, we can't pay wow. for this type of publicity. Yeah. So what? Was it because
3: yeah, the record uh-huh. was it Riggs? Riggs Riggs actually did all the skits <laughs> on
4: my first album. Okay. So Riggs did the I mean it was it was literally Julie and Craig and I think Kevin was still there at the time and, and Kai's and then Kaiser, yeah. They all call like, "Yo, we we can't play for this type of publicity. How soon can you turn your album in?" So, <laughs> you know, my my first single actually was entitled "Feds Taking Pictures." It's taking pictures, yeah, yeah. So, you know, my I went. I went. I went a long
5: You it. had that the beneath the diamonds joint.
4: Oh, I love that. I love that, yeah, was Denon my joint.
5: It, that. was the shit.
0: For some reason, when that happened to you, I feel like a lot of people who knew you, we felt like it couldn't have happened to some better person who had resources or was prepared for it in a way. I don't know how to explain mm. it to you, but we felt like we knew you were gonna be okay because mm. you were smart as fuck. Right. And because it, But is that another reason as to why it felt like it kind of came and went in a way, resorted? Well,
4: well, for me, I mean, you know, again, I mean, it, it literally made me more famous than I ever was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, next thing I know- I was Oh, so you
0: of, never had a cry moment. You was like-
4: I, The only cry moment I had is the next day I got out and I wasn't familiar with what the rico was. And then I called Tip and Tip was like, bro, they hit you with the rico, like check your bank account. My bank account said 0.00 oh, after having wow. six figures in it. So I definitely shed a tear. Um, <laughs> but after that.
3: Did they return bags. your stuff? Like where mm, is. No,
4: they kept. They kept so I had, we had two accounts. Just
3: for a museum's sake, like where is that stuff?
4: Well, they gave, back, what did they, they gave back the equipment. They gave back one of our accounts. They gave back the account that ironically was like the, the label budget account. Okay. With, but the 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 drama, like the D or the DJ drama account that I had with where, where most of the money was, they kept that because they wow. they said they couldn't differentiate what was what was what. So we're keeping all of this.
0: But how long did it take to replace that? It wasn't that long.
4: I started making money. I mean, you know, I got it back.
3: I got I got back up. You know, it didn't so take me too long. Obviously, it was a performative. Actually, like, what was the the, The end result? The lesson learned? Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, what's the moral of the story? The
4: the RIAA, you know, and around that time, me and Cannon had kind of had a falling out, and, you know, we went our separate ways for a moment, but the RIAA made us do this, like, PSA where it was like, hey, kids, like, (laughs) don't Don't sell music. (laughs) Yeah, like. They're chilling and shit. They treat us good. Very good, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it never came, they never put it out, but they they made uh, it, we, we shot it at um, Tree Sounds, and uh, oh, man. they literally, okay. like, you know, gave us a script, like, if you make music- Do you, you have know, a copy of it? I wish I did. <laughs> Yo, bro. man, you gotta, put, <laughs> you gotta find to that right, joint right. and put it on your Instagram. I, I know it exists, it has to, be. and this this was literally the first time me and Cannon had seen each other in a while, and they, we had to do it, you know- part of the agreement was us doing that PSA that they never put out. But it's like, you know, like for me, like Laia said, like when I was doing interviews, I I remember saying like, yo, this is not the end of my story. Like this is one chapter. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, for me it was like, yeah, this is just, you know, everybody, anybody who's anybody gets hit with some type of adversity. And this is just my, my, my first, you know, my first real challenge. And you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be here. Like, I've been here and at the time I had, you know, been here to up to that extent, not knowing what what life had in, in, uh, in mind for me up to this point, but it was like, yeah, like, this is just one chapter in my story. This is not the last chapter, like, watch what I do.
0: And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
6: Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
5: Man, I always wanted to ask you about the Auto Storytelling 3. I was just about to bring that up. Come on, man. How did how did that come so, together? I, three or four? Four? Oh, four. I'm sorry. It was right, four. I was like, wait, yeah, yeah. Four. There's I'm a tripping. three. Yeah,
4: okay. there is a three. That's why it's four. Big boy has to tell you where the three exists because okay. ah. he told me because that's why we artist storytelling four. Okay. But I was supposed to do a I- Wild Gangster Grills. Oh wow. wow. Okay. Really? Yeah, I was supposed to do a tape around that time. We were they were gonna go. We were gonna do a tape pre um, going into the project. Uh, me. Uh, uh Stax, Big, and their manager, Blue, got on the phone. And they came to me like, yo, we want to do a Gangster Grills," And I was like, hell, motherfucking, yeah. <laughs> and then a few months later, they called and was like, listen, bro, we're just buckled down with the, the movie and the soundtrack. And we, you know, we apologize, but we don't have time to do the tape. And they were like, but how about we offer you a song for your album? And I was like, hell, yeah. Like, <laughs> of course. So... I started the process of literally sending 3,000 beats from every big known name producer out at the time. You know, because this is the time when I was doing the first Gangsta Grill album. Gangsta Grills was the biggest thing going, so everybody was pretty much giving me beats and I would send them the 3,000 and he would be like, nah, nah, nah. He would pretty much turn everything down. One of the last tapes I made before the raid was uh, Jim Jones' Seven Day Theory um, tape
3: from We Set the Trends? No.
4: Well, no, no. I mean, yeah, that Jim Jones. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. With the tape, our first tape was called The Seven Day Theory, which was was a fire tape. Max B is all over there. Um, uh, Rest in Peace Stack was on there. You know, that was when, um, that was when he created Bird Gang. And there was a beat on that tape, and I asked Cannon to, like, make me a beat similar to that beat. So Cannon made the beat, and then... We had gotten—the raid had happened, and Lake was actually managing Marsha at the time. Oh, okay. That so, makes sense. So I sent the beat to Marsha, and I told Marsha—I was like, yo, like, look, like, man, they just locked us up. Like, people saying this this is the end for me. Like, mm-hmm. I need something. Like, nothing's going to stop us. Like, I'm going to be here. Like, you can't stop us. And she literally, like, took what I said and, and turned it into the hook. And I sent the record to Three Thousand, and he said I'ma call you tomorrow. Twenty four hours later, he sends me back his right. verse of Art of Storytelling Part Four, and I just was like, I couldn't believe it that I had an Andre Three Thousand <laughs> verse like, and, and on top of a a, a Don Cannon beat like, yeah. So then I went to Stankonia. And I played it for Big. I I think at the time I was like, I was still trying to figure out what record Big had wanted to be on. I played him a couple records. And then when I played him that, he was like, oh, what are we talking about? Like, (laughs) I'm doing this. So he did his verse. And then Big was like, yo, we should call it Artist Storytelling Part 4. And then hence, you know, I literally have a fucking Outcast record on my album. And then, you know, I wish I would have knew then, I wish I would have knew now what I knew then because 3,000 offered to do the video and he was just like, yo, I just need a hundred thousand from the label. And me not, me not as knowledgeable as I was, then I kind of let the opportunity like pass and looking back on it, I would have told the label, give yeah. me fucking a hundred grand to give yeah. this man for this record. Like we probably could have got a Grammy nomination out of, out of that, you know what I'm saying? If it would have literally happened. But I mean, it's still an amazing record, you know, how many DJs can say they have an outcast record? Like nice. it's one of my proudest moments in my career. Still, and you still got a
0: Grammy.
5: Yeah, I still wound yeah. up getting a Grammy. Well, how did you approach making the transition from DJ to executive?
4: Naturally, honestly. I mean, it was just like, you know, again, relevancy has always been very key for me in my career and like staying on the cusp. And I think a lot of that comes from being a mixtape DJ and like, just like my addiction to new shit. Like my fascination of like what's next, you know what I'm saying? And and not kinda letting myself get boxed into one thing, you know, like there was a tweet somebody put out was like, yo, DJ Drama literally went from the roots in Bahamadia yes. <laughs> to tip Jeezy and Wayne to Little Uzi and Jack Harlow. Like, give yeah. this man his that's flowers. Hip-hop. Yeah, and that and it that's exactly what it is. So, you know, just around I had when I was making my albums, um, I had left Atlantic and went to E1. And, you know, I was still using a lot of the staff over at Atlantic, mm-hmm. just kind of independently to work my records and, and things of that nature. And I started to make, like, records that were having success, like, oh, my, like, my moment. And so when I was doing that, one of the people, you know, I used to have Sam Crespo work my records. Man, Sam and, Crespo. Oh my, uh, my brother Sam. And yeah. Sam was like, yo, Crespo I should you should like think about being an a like you know I should bring that the idea to, to to Julie and Craig like you know you're putting together some real good records like maybe you, it could be opportunity for you to come in a building and be an a and I was like I'm down so he mentioned it to Julie and Craig and you know clearly you know they were like drum that's our guy like we love drum so I, I, I flew to New York I had a meeting with Craig Julian Kaiser and they were like you know, are you interested in, you know, coming coming over here as an A&R? And I was like, yeah. And and then um, I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm building a studio in Atlanta that, you know, you guys might want to partner with me on. And at the time, uh, Kawan Prather, KP, was yeah. was vice president in Atlantic. He was working out of another studio. They sent him over to my spot, Mean Streets, to check it out to see, you know, what he thought. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is dope. Like, I, this, this, this could be a thing for us so part of my deal when I came over as an A&R was also for Atlantic to be uh, partners with me on Mean Streets so I literally you know took their money and built the rest of Mean Streets up. to, you know from what I had already built from it and when I got there I really was kind of trying to find my way they had put me with like artists that were already um, on the label to try to work with and it just wasn't it wasn't meshing. Like, it wasn't, you know, I would go to A&R meetings and things, and, you know, they would, they would give me artists to try to work with, and it just kind of, it wasn't. Do you remember it who they were trying to put you with at the time?
5: Did you anybody you
4: can name? So, Spenzo, um, Boosie. Cap G was KP's guy, and he was there. He was around, but, you know, he was, those were, those were some of their, the artists that, you know, at, early on they kind of wanted me to, quote unquote, I guess A and R uh, be a part of. And then also Thug was you know, I, I happen to be the closest thing to Thug in those days that they felt like uh, could be of an assistance to help f- with Thug and, you know, getting music or, you know, this
0: is young not Slim. I'm sorry. It's a it's a few of them. Young, young Thug. Thug. Okay. Thug right. Thug. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, young
4: Thug. Not right. Slim Thug. Yeah. Shout out to Slim Thug. He's got a gangster girls too though. But so, yeah, Thug was working a lot at Mean Streets. So, you know, I was kind of in the mix with Thug and Atlantic and, you know, just trying to make that whole thing kind of work out. And it, it it went how it went. Um, but we also, you know, myself, Lake, and Cannon, you know, when Cannon was vice president of Def Jam around the time I got my gig. And then we had missed out on a couple opportunities of artists. I took Migos to New York um for the first time Bro. and presented them to Alan Grumblack and he offered them pennies and oh, you know, they, yeah. they went and did the right thing and went to QC. Um shout to coach and P. You know, those are my guys. You know, we kinda started our labels around the same time. But me, Cannon and Lake were like, yo, we can't miss nothing else. Like
3: we're we're not missing nothing else. I was gonna say, besides Migos, who So Tory Lane's
4: I wanted to sign Tory O T Genesis T-Fly, we actually wanted to sign T-Fly, so those are a few that you know were were in the midst of us and you know when we were trying to figure out the label thing or signing artists of um, around the time. Cannon came back one day and just was like, "Yo, I heard this kid, Lil Uzi Vert," and I was like, "Let's do it, get him, sight unseen." Unseen.
3: That is crazy. Yeah,
4: if you believe
5: if your man Un- leaving and it, it's unseen, like, all
4: right, fuck it, let's go. Never heard nothing. Didn't know nothing. <laughs> Where's he at? What are we doing? Like, and it was. This it, is around what year? This was two thousand
3: fourteen. Oh, yeah, two thousand fourteen. Wait, that's when? Yeah, we signed Uzi twenty. I was about to say, I know that we had Uzi on the Roots pick like way before. Mm-hmm. He no, yeah. I had, a
4: had him. No, you did him. That was like twenty. No, you did 20, 16, When he was opening seventeen, yeah, six, yeah. That he did was Roots Picnic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Money dope. long. It was money long. It was before EXO tour life.
2: Okay. It was money longer
4: days when, okay. when he did Roots Picnic. Right. Because I did it in twenty seventeen. Because when I brought little baby, yeah, y'all
0: had that stage they, going.
4: They were looking like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> like I remember that. When right. I, I brought baby to Roots Picnic. And it, I think that was right before the Drake record, like, or maybe the Drake record, it just came out. But right. literally, I remember the crowd, like, not understanding, like, I just brought y'all a little baby, like, yeah. here. Right. But, so, yeah, so we signed, so we signed, Scheme Scheme actually was our first artist that we signed. Shout out to Scheme, he's, he's kind of mad at me because I haven't brought his name up when mm-hmm. I talk about the label. So we signed Scheme. We signed um, Uzi, and we were, signing a, we were trying to sign this group called The Wedding Crashers, okay. which Quentin Miller was a part of. Ah, um, got it. So we named it Generation Now. Generation Now was actually a mixtape title that I had used early on before the Little Brother and the Pharrell tapes. I had gotten drops from Kanye West. He was opening up for Talib Kweli, wound up getting drops from Kanye West. I also got some drops from Joe Budden. And it wasn't, it was like, damn, this is not gangster Grill. This doesn't feel gangster Grills. So I needed another title for brand. another brand. So I came up with Generation Now. Years later, we wound up double backing when we were looking for a title for the label. And I was like, what about Generation Now? So the guys were like, yeah, that's fire. So we, Atlantic was on the, the verge of firing me. Like <laughs> I was two years into my deal and they were looking at it like, look, we just paid DJ Drama all this money. He ain't bought us yet. We, done, yeah. we put all this money into this studio. Yeah. Like, what are, what are we doing? What's going on? Like, where's our, where's our return? Craig Kalman came to Atlanta. We sat in the radio room of, the, 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 um, of Mean Streets, and he said, look, Drama, I believe in you. You know, I don't want to let you go. Like, let's just do a one-year deal we're gonna we'll stay partners on the studio, and we'll just you just you guys just focus on oozy like we'll just just you guys just focus on little oozy and I was like cool like i'm I'm with that like okay, cool, and next thing you know, you know love is rage comes out, mean streets becomes the go to studio in Atlanta, and the tables turned within six months and one eighty and you know it was like. Told you, <laughs>
3: <laughs> not
5: going. Your
4: ancestors away. are watching
3: you <laughs> man. and guiding you.
5: Man. How did how did Jack get on y'all's radar? Because for me, Jack, he was the record, and I don't think this was before Generation Now. My record was Sundown. Like that was the one that I heard. I was like, he was oh, on your Generation L. Now. That was Generation Now. Oh, yeah, then,
4: okay. He had put out a, a record called Dark Knight. That was the one that really forced our hand. But we had heard of him before them. A friend of mine brought him to me um late 2017 and put him on my radar and then you know ky engineering who is based in atlanta who had engineered for wayne tyga he mixed dreams and nightmares um he mixed that whole mix whole uh first album he was waka flocka's engineer he's two changes engineer he mixed my records. He did my Quality Street music album. He's from his name is KY because he's from Kentucky. Uh, so around the same time, he was telling
3: right, okay, okay, <laughs> making sure he mm-hmm. he
4: was telling Lake like, yo, I I going want to bring you something when it's ready. So Jack wound up on my radar. I went and followed him. He had like seven thousand followers. He saw that I followed him. He followed me right back. He then went on to tell me later on that he told a friend of his like. Damn, DJ Drama just signed to me. I think I'm I think I'm assigned to Drama. Wow. So we um so he wounds up he winds up coming being in Atlanta and coming to Mean Streets. And, you know, that was our first time meeting and we like, you know, we sat down, we chopped it up, we were talking. He was like, you know, what do you what are you into? And I'm like, I'm I'm in the movie like I am a movie buff. Like, I just love movies. And he was like, Tell me a movie that you think that I would be shocked that you would know. And I told him it was this movie called E to ma Tambien.
5: Oh yeah, E2 Mama, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he nah, was absolutely. like,
4: "Wait, what?" He was like, "DJ Drama, <laughs> E2 Mama Tommy Yen. has watched right. Etu Mama to Tommy." They think they N. know. Like, they don't have no. Yes, yeah, you've been to the Ritz. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think that really blew his mind. And then you know, we um we had a meeting, you know, um with Jack and you know our staff, and he was on, you know, we we the the opportunity was about signing him was there, and and then we weren't a hundred percent. We were like seventy-five percent, and then he put out Dark Knight, and we was like, okay, we got to do it. Like we, we gotta, we gotta sign this kid before we miss out. So we went on to sign Jack, and it, you know, again, this is, you know, when I signed Jack, he looked like Napoleon Dynamite. Like, right. So you know, it's, he's come along the heart, the yeah. sex symbol, heartthrob that he is of today mm-hmm. was, you know, he's he's come a long way. But I I saw it in him, like I you know, the same way I saw it in Uzi early on, like. You know, I I saw like these are two guys that for me, like regardless of uh, of us being involved, they would have made their way into hip hop. Same way, regardless of however I would have been. I was going to without you. Yeah, I was going to I was going to get here somehow, some way. But again, we we allowed them to stand on our shoulders to, you know, Go a little faster, you know. Me walking him in the sway, and you know him being able to, you know, just move around. Especially somebody like Jack, who you know is a white rapper from Kentucky, mm-hmm. to be able to say he signed to Generation Now and DJ Drama, who created Gangsta Grills and the the label that you know, you know, Little Uzi Vert was a part of. I mean, I think that brought a lot of, um, you know, um, you think, yeah, to the table, yeah. you know. <laughs>
6: Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos.
1: And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, before we, we, we got to wrap up this, the, uh, the episode, this is, damn, we have to?
0: You don't even know how long we've been sitting here, do
3: you? No,
0: I, no, I, we, I thought we just started. That's hilarious.
4: We, we got, the camera means, crew got to go home. Yeah.
0: That means you got to invite <laughs> but, us back and we'll come uh, to your spot.
4: But, okay, but before we wrap, like, and I, I don't I don't know if, like, I don't know if you're aware of this because I say it all the time, but I being, sitting at this table, like, I, I have to say, even though I, I say it all the Thank time, you. like, you, like, you got to understand, Amir, like, if it wasn't for y'all, like, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know if I would be here. Like,
3: watching, like, running into... Ladies and gentlemen, no, no, that's no, Questlove no, no, Supreme. You said we you was going to start taking your flowers. What you it. doing? No, you said you was going to start taking your flowers. This, this is the, the ongoing it. joke of the show where no, they no. Like,
0: watch it. me squirm.
3: Like, bro, listen.
0: But I know he means me, it because, like, that me shit and is Amir, real. Like,
3: I
4: used to run into Amir playing video games on South Street. And he would like let he would, like, put his headphones on me and let me hear fucking... Tariq rapping like g rap or like you know like i used to go to the truck i was at the trocadero at their signing celebration party like like for me like i remember when distortion the static first came on rap city like
5: yes uh so yes. like
4: for, you got to understand yes. for me bro like the roots are the reason why i knew that you could really do this shit like oh, this shit can really happen. Like, I just watched this group in Philly.
3: Watch her face.
0: I'm just making him take it because he's, he's, it's hard. It's painful. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep, Good. going. keep going.
4: Like, I watched this group that I loved make this album called Organics while I'm in high school, and that's all I'm listening to. And then, like, get a record deal, like, get signed to Geffen, like, these guys that were freestyling on my little mixtapes that probably only 100 copies exist <laughs> then go on to become the fucking roots. Like, oh, my God, this you can, like, this rap shit is real. Like, everything before that for me was just seeing it on, like, watching The Box and seeing Kane and KRS and Public Enemy and... N.W.A. is just like me watching it on television like I knew y'all like I I, like I was there so that for me was literally the reason like and I say it all the time like you are the reason why I knew this shit could really happen bro like and I have to give you your flowers by sitting here next to you.
3: Thank you. you.
4: For the
0: documentary. For the documentary. Uh, right. It's gonna be great.
3: No I appreciate every word yes Uh, Years ago, I would have definitely ended the episode because I hate compliments. <laughs> no, but I, I really appreciate that.
0: And this conversation was long overdue, yeah. So. No, sure.
3: no, for real. Nah, I Long
5: I, overdue on every song, even for me y'all? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Like, Oh, y'all, yeah. And I'm very proud. Like, again, like, you know, the fact that you validated us as well because it meant a lot to me. That, like, wow, someone believes in us enough to put us on a mixtape. Mm. Like, to me, that was important. Mm. Black Thought
4: Gangster Girls is definitely on my bucket list because it's yeah. full circle for me. Like, it has, that's one that I have I, Wow, to,
3: that'd be amazing. Yeah, it has to happen. I was gonna say that eventually, one day, you're gonna have to make a Gangster Griselda <laughs> tape. It's fire. You gotta make that happen. It's fire. Griselda. This intro will make that happen. That'd no, a great idea. Wait, I have one I like last them. question. I've been watching how things have been developing in the in the last few weeks. Speaking of Griselda, and initially what started out as something that could have gone ugly has actually turned into kind of like a, a cool moment. Talking about with flex. Yeah. Yeah. Where initially it. you know yeah. th- there were complaints that you're not supporting da 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 da, and you know maybe once every five years I'll hear another generation coming that that will tell whoever the gatekeeper is. Like, let somebody else in and let somebody. But as a DJ, and I usually go through this kind of quasi depression period, maybe in November and December. Well, right. okay, so 2023 is coming up. So instantly I'm like, all right, so someone born in 2002 is now legally hmm. gonna be louder in the nightclub. Right. And Loud that means 80s. when they're like 14 years old and you know, 2016 or whatever. I mean, like, I'm always doing the math of reference points. To me, I, would, I don't know. Like, for you, is there ever a time where you're just like, I don't know, I might be... Too old for this shit? <laughs> now, I don't want to just reduce it to as too old for this shit. But, but like, too old for this shit. I, mean, I Like, with right mean. now... It's
0: exhausting to keep up.
3: Would dr- like, I l- legit nope. was on Wikipedia, like, taking a crash course in, in Drill. Cause I just like Alright I, I gotta educate myself Like I hold A whole bunch of gigs Coming up For a bunch of kids Oh yeah You got I Spice I don't wanna yeah. be that person But it's like I feel like If you have to be Paint by numbers Like okay Where do the kids Whatever But for you Like Is there ever a point Where you just get exhausted Where it's just like Dog Just throw Roy Ayers album on And I'm calling it a day Like I'm gonna <laughs> <Not>
0: Roy <laughs> I'm gonna
3: take a nap Never Or whatever so there's never a point where you saw an act like, okay, this is what the future is, or like No. So for you, like the more dangerous it is, the more you people my age are well, there's talent in every generation.
4: Yeah, and and I think the again, like I said, like I'm I'm from a mixtape culture where it's like, New shit, new shit, new shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like my fascination is is with like like what's next. Like my label is called Generation Now, you know? So for me it's like the fact that i've been able to navigate through fucking being in a bahamadia video to jack harlow you know or to tyler creator call me if you get lost and winning a grammy like my career has literally been an example of being able to surf through the errors so like you know i it's a young like I love where hip hop is today. Last night I went to the Wu Tang and Nas concert, and I was like a kid in a candy store. You know, I mean that's that's my era. Like yeah. that's when you know when you're a t- I think when you're a teen, those are your pivotal moments. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, for me, I'm like, as a 44 year old man, I'm 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 in heaven. You right. know, but at the same time, I'm also a DJ who more likely plays for audiences in their 20s than I do for audiences in their 40s. So it keeps me current and again I just I just I just mm-hmm. love the culture so much. So I love every diaspora of it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't you know, this shit keeps me twenty-one forever. Like right. even now having this resurgence of gangster grills, whether it's mm-hmm. with Simba or whether it's yeah. Icewear Vezo or Seti Hendrix or you know, it's like being able to still be in this space and you know, I I got to give Tyler his flowers for you know, in a sense, kind of you know, bringing this resurgence of gangster grills back for what he did. Yeah, so no, I don't, I don't, I don't get in that space. Like I'm, you know, I, I again, I'm to be a DJ and to to have the accolades that I have. It's like my goal was to get my name on a flyer. So the the success that I've had, I don't, I don't take none of it for granted. And as much as I've accomplished. The way my brain works is always like, damn, what the fuck am I going to do next? You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what keeps me in this space of still being excited about, you know, tomorrow or not. You know, again, being on the Wiz and Logic tour, when I'm out there, I, I'm I'm asking, you know, all my 2000s babies make some noise, and it's they make a lot of fucking noise. Like, still a lot of 90s babies in there, too, and the 80s babies are a little more quiet. I don't, parents. Even, I don't even ask about the 70s. I, right. leave, I leave that alone. But— you know, even when I walk out on stage, you know, having these kids, like, say my name and chant my name and be familiar with me because of Tyler or because of the Dreamville mixtape, like, is such a blessing, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, I'm still here. And, and you're still finding a new audience. And I'm still finding a new audience and, and, I'm, and I'm excited about it, you know. As much as I'm excited about being able to go to the fucking Nas and Wu-Tang show and, you know,
3: seeing that sell out. And shout out to you guys who thought I was a stalker in the hotel lobby this morning. <laughs> I'm like, you got, you got? You, what, man? I was like, it's me. So, Is that you? Oh man, I'm sorry. I thought you was the, like he thought but, I was. Oh, but you to <laughs> gotta
4: understand too. Like even I hate to. I don't want to do this. Make you squirm again. But like, bro, like, bro. I'm, I saw you in the fucking like. I used. I was there past the popcorn. You're on television every night. Like you have. Yeah. A, you have a fucking. You have a fucking Oscar, bro. Like yeah. you have an Oscar, like. Like, those things to me are like, yo, the
3: sky is not the limit. There's no limit. I'm going to tell you this much. (laughs) This this is, and I'm not even blowing smoke. Today was a teachable lesson because every time you say something, I'm like, wait a minute. How are you just yes and jumping into some shit without, like, seeing who's going to be there first? Yeah, I'm like like, that. and I I need to be more. Um, so this is actually talking you're a little, you're a little more. more bougie than I am. I'm very much. I'm guarded. Yeah, I'm yeah, protected. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm guarded. Yeah,
4: I want yeah, we know that. Yeah, I yeah, want the that, formula to work. I want to <laughs> break he down has the scientific
0: his Crocs.
3: So if
4: if you run into somebody <laughs> in the street right now and they're like, "Yo, I'm an inspiring artist over for the streets," you talking to
0: nobody in these streets. Can
3: I get your number? Five people. Five people. Blau, Slum Village.
0: That's in 2003. Jill Scott.
3: Blau Slum Village. Jill Scott. Little brother, LB, yeah, LB. I, I'm I'm five and zero, But I'm probably f- five and forty two thousand. Oh, those those five like came to you. Mm-hmm. I've, i I yeah I I was in right a position where I was like I felt in my heart like right. Oh, this is oh Cody Chestnut. that was my five. Oh, I remember.
4: Oh, he was on automatic relaxation. Yes, Deep. definitely was definitely. One more. Was on. Definitely
3: was on all right. Give relaxation. all right. We got to wrap up, but please give uh, Laia another automatic relaxation.
4: Not just, just me;
0: it's a whole bunch of people. You know. Yeah, yes.
3: There's a few of y'all. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: can yeah. I
4: just give you copies of the old ones? I'll take that too. I will
0: take like, that too. Like, there's,
4: there's, like it's not. I mean, we, we when it, when it was what it was. Like now that ex,
5: there's a lot of that out now. No, there's Spotify like, playlists yeah but it ain't red. nothing like automatic but I think realistic. coming from you I think yeah. now at this point this in your career nostalgia of it I don't, know, no, what, I don't think it would be that for you now like no, if you did if that did now it, yeah it's gonna be you can probably really teach audience. people yes. yeah you know it's yes. gonna be and a they'll, new they'll be thing.
0: listening now now you don't have to go well basic exactly. grills is where they went and, uh, they're gonna check
5: for DJ drama regardless so if you went in that lane that would be it would be something new to that audience
3: Nah, I'm respecting when you say Our it. Back I, relaxations I, I it. and Gangster Grizzelda. There we go. <laughs> All right. On behalf of Quest Left Supreme, yo, Fonte and Sugar Steve and Laia. Yeah. Sugar Steve didn't people. say anything. He was... I'm learning. Except yeah.
4: about the skateboarder in Philly. We're,
3: yeah, you know, he's... he's he, Steve's here, trust me. <laughs> anyway, no, thank you for doing this, man. Man, thank you I for really appreciate all. it. Oh, my God.
4: Shout out to TI. FAMU. Oh, my God.
0: Yes. Best school in the nation. Shout out to FAMU.
4: In
3: the <laughs> thank you to the staff, everyone. FAMU, thank you. And thank TI, you, I thank heart. you. Thank you, y'all. Uh, and I am going to break that Miss Pac Man record. Uh, one more time Yeah so,
5: shout out to Exit Shout out to my man Yo exit listen just the ex-
3: One day if somebody comes Just give him
4: your number bro You never know mm,
5: He's not
4: You don't have to answer <laughs> Like 7987 they, they text me all the time Like if I don't want to answer I don't have to answer You know random people Have just When I was on tour This guy just called me Out of nowhere And was like hey is This is EJ Drama I'm like yeah Where'd you get my number He's like uh My manager gave it to me And he was like yo I'm a new artist And I said listen bro i am a jewel you real quick Like when I was coming up, yeah. I couldn't just call Jay-Z or Funkmaster Flex. Like yeah. I'm like and most people aren't going to be as nice as me, but I'm telling you before you try to get on my radar, look to your left and look to your right and try to create a movement with the people around you and then before you know it, you'll be on my radar. Like don't just call the the, the, the big wigs and think you can get on. Like it's not that easy. That, like the I couldn't, etiquette, yeah. Yeah, I that couldn't line. I couldn't call Jay-Z or Flex and say Hey, I'm DJ drama, like I'm dope, like and I was, but I didn't what have the does that right mean to, to them, I didn't have the right to do that
3: yeah. yet, you know what I'm saying? So, there's teachable, teachable that's moments. the jewel right there. All right, we'll see you on the next go around. Thank you very much. Thank you. What's Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
6: You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Delve into the visceral world of hip hop with the Gangster Chronicles.